0: It's Natasha Crane, and you're listening to episode number two of my podcast. I want to just say thank you so much to the many of you who took the time to email me, send comments, private messages, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts after my first episode. I cannot tell you how much that meant to me, especially because, like I said, at the end of that last episode, I'm totally new to this, and it was a great encouragement to hear that you found a lot of value in that first episode, and it really made me excited to go on and do an episode number two. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. Without further ado, so many of you said I loved how you just dove into the podcast last time and we're going to keep doing that. I want to jump right into today's topic and that is how do you teach your kids about non-Christian worldviews? I have actually seen this subject come up a lot recently, interestingly, in Facebook groups that I'm in, and it's something that I'm loving doing as part of our homeschool studies right now. So I thought it would be a great second subject to cover here on the podcast. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start by sharing some thoughts about why teaching kids worldviews other than Christianity is so important, and then I'm going to share several of the most important things I've learned about doing this based on my own experience with my kids are ages 12 and 10. So as a little bit of context for this, my kids have been in a private Christian school for several years until this year, and then just this fall, we started homeschooling full time. Now, interestingly, that was a decision that we made before the whole pandemic thing set in, so this wasn't a COVID homeschooling thing, it just kind of dovetailed with that. It was something that we were already excited about doing. As part of that homeschool, I created a subject called Blah. So B L A W, and that stands for Bible Logic apologetics, and worldview. And just generally speaking, how we do this is that on Mondays, we do our Bible subject. On Tuesdays, we do the logic. Wednesdays is all about uh, apologetics, and Thursdays are about worldview. So on those Thursdays, that's when we tackle the kind of topic that I'm going to discuss in this podcast episode. But I have to tell you that I know a lot of people listening to this aren't necessarily homeschooling. So nothing I'm going to talk about assumes anything in particular about your situation. No matter how you school your kids in terms of academics, Christian parents are responsible first and foremost for being the spiritual disciples of our kids. So you may or may not have a formal school time to do this in like we do, but your kids need to have these conversations with you in whatever format works for your family. So execution will look different in every family, but these are sort of the principles, the bigger picture that I think will be helpful no matter how you personally are executing. So let's start by just talking about why it's important to teach other worldviews. And in fact, I just saw the other day a parent asking in uh, one of the Facebook parenting groups that I'm in, uh, they were asking, why is it important that we even talk about all these other religions or perspectives with kids? I feel like I just want to teach my kids what's true. I want to focus on Christianity, and this is what my kids need to know. I don't get why people sometimes say, hey, I want to talk about all these other worldviews with my kids. So it's a great question. And it's obviously one we have to understand if we're going to be motivated to do this work. So that's why I want to start right here. So there are a lot of reasons why, that we could go over. But to me, they all boil down to one thing. And here's what it is. Learning about non-Christian worldviews puts the Christian worldview in deeper, richer perspective. And that goes for both kids and adults. The more I personally have studied about other worldviews, the more I have come to appreciate and understand my own faith. It will give your kids a deeper faith. And I want to do a little thought experiment just to kind of help us think about this more deeply. Imagine for a minute that you raised your kids to only eat a certain fruit. Let's say plums because plums are objectively the best fruit in the world. So your kids know that other fruits are out there and they notice them at the store, but they never learn about them or taste them. They just eat plums day in and day out. So in doing this, they can know a whole lot about plums. You might even say they can be experts on plums, and they might absolutely love plums. But one day, they're in a place where they have the opportunity to eat all kinds of other fruit. For the first time, they learn about pears and apples and strawberries and blueberries, for example. So they taste them. And for the first time, they have something to compare the plums to. Now, for some kids, that moment is going to be filled with some bitterness, Hey, why didn't I get to learn about all these fruits before? What what did mom and dad hide from me? Why didn't I get to see all this and learn about it? For other kids, that moment might be filled with some confusion. How do I make sense of all these possibilities? What are they? How do I handle them? How do I eat them? How do I evaluate them? How do they feel in my hands? And others might just be sick of having had plums for so long and they devour the other fruits in the search of variety and newness because it just seems more exciting. Well, the analogy here is pretty obvious. If you only teach your kids about Christianity, they may end up knowing a lot about it, but they won't have any context for their beliefs. And when they eventually encounter people with other worldviews, they won't even know what to do with them. A lot of times, parents think of these kinds of things like it's a college problem. Yes, yes, we need to prepare kids for college. They're encountering all these other things out there. But this is not a college problem. This is an all-of-life type of problem. Your kids, unless you are hiding them under your couch, are encountering other worldviews all the time. They're encountering, especially if they're at public school, they're encountering a lot of worldviews. Even if they're at a private school, they're encountering other worldviews. Even through homeschool, if you're out involved in outside groups and things like that, or if your kids watch TV, they're going to encounter other worldviews all the time. So this episode is not about preparing your kids for some far off destination. If you're if you have younger kids, uh, I guess it's far off in that case. As uh, college, it's not about that long term preparation. This is about right now. It's about helping kids process the whole world around them, and I fully believe that when they see Christianity in the context of other worldviews, they'll have better perspective on two things in particular. Number one, why the evidence for Christianity is so strong for the truth of Christianity. And number two, why Christianity is so beautiful. Not only true, but beautiful. It's one thing to tell your kids, yes, there's a lot of evidence for the truth of Christianity. And, and yes, Christianity is a beautiful thing. But both of those statements imply a comparison. It has a lot of evidence compared to what? What if there's another worldview out there that has even more evidence? That would be a reasonable question. Or Christianity is beautiful compared to What? What? are the other things that are out there. To understand deeply why Christianity is true and how we can be so confident of that and to understand deeply why it's so beautiful, they need a reference point. And I have seen my kids grow in their understanding of Christianity so much this year, just having done this in homeschool, that I can say it has been the number one favorite outcome for me of homeschooling this year, is talking about non-Christian worldviews with my kids because of the impact it's had on them in their own faith and their understanding of Christianity. So there's a lot more I could say on that, and I feel like I'm going to always say that in these podcasts. There's so much more that can be said, but I just want you to have a general idea of what I mean by the importance of teaching other worldviews. With that said, let me go ahead now and give you some ideas of the what I think are the best practices for doing this. And these are the best practices in terms of what I've found to be important. Obviously, there are a lot of other things that can be said with this, but these are the things that I would focus on as you get ready to do this. Number one make sure that you take the time to explain to your kids the purpose of doing this. So I just took some time to explain to you as the parent why to do this, but our kids need to know also because I want to acknowledge up front that not every kid is going to be super excited when you decide that you're going to start talking about different worldviews. If your family is already used to having these conversations, it's probably not going to take them by big surprise that you're going to introduce this topic. But if you've never really had a lot of conversations around these kinds of And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, we're going to learn about Zoroastrianism tomorrow. They're going to be like, what are you even talking about? So you want to have a little conversation with your kids and tell them why you're doing it. And here's what I would say just to give you an idea. I'd say this. We're raising you to know Jesus and to learn about Christianity because we're firmly convicted that Christianity is true. But we never want you to grow up and think that you might only be a Christian because of how you were raised. You need to understand what other people believe about the nature of reality. And you need to consider why you believe what you do. We don't want you to ever feel like we somehow forced Christianity upon you. Yes, we believe that Christianity is true and therefore we're raising you from that perspective just as other parents raise their kids from the perspective of their own worldviews, but we want you to have an in-depth knowledge of what other people believe and an understanding of how to go about deciding on a worldview so you can be confident that your faith is your own. That's the gist of what I would share with my kids and obviously you have to modify it sort of for for your situation, but that's what I'd want to communicate to them. On the flip side of that, you can modify what you say if you have kids who are maybe pushing back on you about faith. Maybe they're getting a little older, they're starting to have doubts, maybe they're sick of hearing you talk about Christianity. Well, here's your opportunity to say... I'd love to talk with you about these other worldviews because I understand that you're maybe a little sick of hearing me talk about Christianity and that you want to know what other people believe. You want to understand what your friends believe and I think we should talk more about those things. We haven't maybe talked a lot about them in the past and that's my mistake and I want to fix that. Let's have these conversations and let's study what other people believe and why they believe it. So I think it can help a lot in kind of opening up those conversations, especially with kids who are pushing back. And on a personal note, I'll tell you how this came up recently in our own house. One of my kids was really not wanting to go to church one morning. And I'm going to keep this child anonymous by saying they, they sort of wanted to pick a fight on the way to church in the car. And they kind of blurred out, you know what, I can believe whatever I want. So my response to this is, yes, you can. You are 100% right. My job as your parent is not to make you believe what I believe. Not at all. My job is to help you carefully think through the most important questions in life. So whatever it is that you believe will be the result of careful consideration. Right now we're on the way to a Christian church, but this is why we talk about other worldviews at home. I don't want you to only hear about Christianity. I want you to know what other people believe and why they do so that you can be thoughtful in your own decision making. I think that this gives you, as the parent, a lot of credibility with your kids, whether they want to admit that or not, because they see that mom and dad aren't trying to put blinders on me. They're not trying to hide anything. They're not trying to just indoctrinate me somehow. They're seeing that, hey, we're so convicted of the truth of Christianity that it's important for us to make sure you're learning about what everyone else believes. It says a lot about the confidence of your own faith. The second principle that's important for these discussions to kind of set the stage before you even have them is to help your kids understand that logically speaking, all religions cannot be equally true. So as we're all aware, there are plenty of people today who hate any idea of God. They hate any idea of religion. So they're going to be hostile to Christians just because they're hostile to the idea of Believing in anything supernatural. But there's a whole other category of people who are sort of ambivalent about the whole religion thing because they don't really think it matters what you choose. They believe that every religion is basically true. They think that all roads lead to God. So if you want to pick Christianity, that's fine. If someone else wants to pick Hinduism, that's cool. Or if you want to be a Buddhist, awesome. If your kids have this kind of default understanding of religion, maybe they've picked this up over time from friends or whatever, they're going to think that this stuff really isn't all that important because they're going to think it doesn't matter what they actually choose. And sometimes if we don't realize that as parents, we can be talking right over their heads. We can go on yammering and yammering about how Christianity is true while they're thinking, yeah, yeah, Christianity is true, Buddhism's true, Hinduism's true, everything is true. So before we even can get to a point of comparing and contrasting religions and talking about truth, we have to start with our kids understanding they cannot all be true at the same time. So here's an example of how I've said it to my kids. This is as if I'm talking to them. A lot of people today have this idea that all religions are basically the same. That they're all basically true and pointing to the same God. But it's important that you understand that's not logically possible. Because different religions make logically contradictory claims about the nature of reality. Now, I know that that sounds like a, a big mouthful, but all it means is that when you actually look at relig- what religions claim about whether or not there's a God and, and what that God is like and who human beings are and what our purpose is, when you look at what they teach, they teach things that cannot be true at the same time as what another religion teaches. So just a couple of quick, easy examples. In Judaism, Jesus is not the Messiah. In Christianity, Jesus is the Messiah. Those two things simply can't be true at the same time. These religions teach very different things about the nature of reality. That's just one example. Or in Hinduism, we're all going through this cycle of rebirth and death and rebirth. And in Christianity, we live one life and then we're judged. Those two things cannot be true at the same time. So we'll see moral commonalities amongst religions, and that's a lot of times what people are thinking of when they make statements like this. We'll see that a lot of religions say that you should not murder, you should not do harm to others. You'll see some of those commonalities, but when you look at all the things that each religion claims altogether, they can't be true as a whole religion compared to another religion. Again, they make logically contradictory claims about religion reality. So that's the nature of what I would explain to my kids. Obviously you have to tailor, tailor the language a bit depending on how old they are but that's, that's what we want to help them understand that as we're going to learn these religions and we're going to look at what they actually believe we're going to see that you can't have two religions that are equally true because they claim vastly different things. So that brings us to the third point. Give them selection criteria. So far, I've said we need to explain the purpose of doing all this. And then I said we need them to understand that when we look at all these different worldviews, they cannot all be true at the same time. So that kind of brings us to this question of, well, how would I pick a worldview? Which one of these worldviews should I have? That's what I mean by selection criteria. And this is something hugely important that I think we take for granted that our kids would have some understanding of, uh, but we really need to give them a more explicit awareness of how someone should select a worldview. We don't want them to take away from all these discussions that the world is just a big buffet of beliefs and, you know, just pick whichever one you like the best. Here's what the selection criteria is. It's the number one thing that kids need to understand when they're going to study all this. Which worldview accurately corresponds with reality? Which worldview accurately corresponds with reality? That's the question. In other words, which worldview is true? We want to implant this question into our kids' minds. And maybe that seems really obvious to you as a Christian adult, but I'd say that many, if not most people, settle into a worldview without a lot of conscious thought. And that's what we want to help our kids avoid. We want them to know that what you believe shouldn't just be about how you were raised, even if you were raised as a Christian. It shouldn't be what feels most comfortable to you. It it shouldn't be what you want to be true or what your friends think is true, what costs you the least, and so on. Ultimately, there is only one question that matters, and that is what is true. We want to believe what corresponds with reality so that we can shape our lives around truth. We no one wants to live according to a lie, and if we do, then there can be some real serious consequences for us both in this life and the next. So that should, of course, raise the question, how do we know what is true? And that's where we get into the subject of apologetics, how we make a case for and defend the truth of Christianity. That's why these conversations really do go hand in hand with studying apologetics, which we do on another day of the week. I'm sure I'm going to have many episodes where I talk about apologetics specifically. I'm not going to get into it with this one. But for now, if you are not familiar with my books, I've written three apologetics books specifically for parents all together they cover a hundred of the conversations that kids most need to have with their parents given this world that they're growing up in if you go to my website natashacrane.com it's c-r-a-i-n and you go to books on the menu you can read all about those and find some uh, what i think are very helpful resources for guiding you through that question of how do we know what is true Now you may have noticed that the points we've gone through so far haven't even been about the religions themselves that we're talking about. They were all kind of about setting the stage and I think that's really important before you ever get into talking about things because it helps kids to know how they're even going to process the information. But I want to spend the rest of this time going through a couple of points about how to maybe best talk about the religions themselves when you get into the conversations. So the first point that I would share on this is to focus on the big picture of what these religions teach. So what's the view of God? What's the view of mankind? What is the view of the nature of life? If you're like me, you're not an expert on world religions. I actually, even though I knew a ton about apologetics, I actually knew quite little, relatively speaking, about world religions before I started teaching my kids. So I hope that's an encouragement to you if you're feeling like you are woefully underprepared for this. I've been learning right along with my kids in the last few months in a lot of cases and there's no problem with that. Those of you who are homeschoolers know you're learning along with your kids all the time anyway with other things. So your goal in this is not to become an expert or even for your kids to be become experts, you want them to have big picture takeaways. And I think we need to kind of remember that religions are complex. If you were to have somebody read a couple of pages on Christianity with some of the very basic beliefs that we have, they would be missing a whole lot of the richness of what we believe. And in the same way, when we just study the basic facts about other religions, of course we're not going to understand them at the same uh, level of depth. And that's okay. Right now, especially when you're starting out with these conversations, the idea is to have your kids understand. Understand the big picture comparison on the big. Questions of life. So, as one example, and I will put this a picture of it in the show notes for uh, for this episode. Uh, I had my kids do a Venn diagram between Hinduism, Buddhism, and Sikhism on basic beliefs. So, a Venn diagram as a reminder. If anyone's wondering is where you see the circles and they're part of them are over joining and some of them are outside of it. So, where things are in common, you have that where the circles join, and when where they're separate, then you have it in the rest of the circle. And that was just based on the basic things that we learned about those religions as a compare and contrast and that to me was sort of the ultimate case study after having spent several weeks on those three religions that my kids could just compare and contrast them. So like I said I'm going to put a picture of what we did on the show notes so you can see that as one example. There are a couple of resources in particular I have found to be extraordinarily helpful for those of you who don't happen to be world religion experts. The first one is called The Kids Book of World Religions and it's by Jennifer Glossop, G-L-O-S-S-O-P. It's 15 bucks on Amazon. This isn't from a Christian perspective. This is not in depth in any way. It's very straightforward. A lot of times I actually wish there was a lot more detail, but there are just a few pages for each religion with some basic facts and pictures is just enough as a jumping point to get the conversation started. So each time we start a new religion in our homeschool, I use this book for the first week's lesson. And we just read the basics to understand things like how many people belong to the religion, where do most of the adherents live, when was it founded, who founded it, and so on. And it has all of those kinds of facts. And the pictures can be interesting, especially elementary and, and middle school age. It's, it's not super in-depth, like I said, but it's a great jumping off point. That said, in order to be able to give your kids a richer conversation about these things after that initial introduction, you'll need to know a little more than what's in that book. So I have something I'm very excited to tell you about. This is a fabulous resource that has been needed for so long, and it's actually coming out in March. It's called The Popular Handbook of World Religions. I had the opportunity to read this early, so I've already seen it, and I am one of the endorsers on it, so I'm telling you about it because I was so impressed by it, and I loved it so much. This one is written from a Christian perspective, but of course it has the objective of accurately presenting what other religions teach. So it happens to be published by Harvest House, which is the publisher I'm working with for my next two books. So I reached out to my friends there, and they generously offered to give us five copies to listeners of this podcast. And so I'm going to do a giveaway to get you uh, one of these books. And there are a few things that you can do to enter the giveaway. I'm, again, I'm going to put the details of this into the show notes so I don't take up too much time in the podcast itself. But if you go to my website, again, NatashaCrane.com, you click on blog, find the blog post that has all the show notes for this episode, and I'll give you details on how to enter. But generally speaking, you can enter by sending me a a blog post, uh, rather a podcast topic. You can enter by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can enter by sharing a recommendation for the podcast with your friends on social media. And for me to know to give you that entry, you'll just need to comment on that blog post. So if you're interested in the giveaway, what you need to do is go to my website and go to the post about this. I'll give you all the details there. The deadline for entries is going to be February 5th, and the winners will be notified within a week. If you don't take the time to enter the giveaway, or you don't win the giveaway, this is a book that you're going to want to have as a great resource for equipping yourself with this understanding, and it's just the right amount of information, not too much, not too little. So highly, highly recommend that as a resource. The second thing that I have found to be really important when you're actually having these conversations with your kids is to let them hear about the religion from its own adherence. So we spend three weeks on each religion that we're studying as part of our formal homeschool. The first week, we just do the basics of the religion like I was just talking about. But in the second week, I want them to actually hear something from someone who holds these beliefs. Because it's one thing to hear your mom or dad tell you about a religion, but it's a whole other thing when you hear it directly from someone who believes in what that religion teaches. There are so many videos online now that the resources are literally endless for this. You can Google for all kinds of things, Uh, but let me give you some examples of what I have dug up that have been really effective in these conversations with my kids. Uh, first, when we were studying Buddhism, I did some Googling and I found a day in the life of a Buddhist monk video. And this was such a fascinating look at this monk's life and it was just so eye-opening, I think, for the kids to hear about it directly from him and not from me in some kind of summary fashion. And then it was a great opportunity for us to talk about how his worldview has informed his whole life. Again, you'll always hear me come back to this. Worldview matters and our kids need to understand how deeply it matters and how many consequences there are of what we believe. So when you see a monk who's living a very different life as an outcome of what he believes, that's a really powerful thing for kids to see and I will put a link to the videos that I'm describing right now also in the show notes not because these are the the be all end all of examples but just so that you can get some ideas of the types of things that I have found helpful. Uh, when we were studying Sikhism, I actually found a video where a Sikh leader was answering questions about the relationship between Christianity and Sikhism. So this was absolutely fascinating because not only was he talking about his own perspective, but he was contrasting it to Christianity and talking about the Sikh view of Christianity. So that gave us a lot that we could talk about in our, in our school time. And then most recently, we studied the Baha'i faith, which frankly, I knew almost nothing about before doing this. And I found this great video that explained what Baha'is believe, and it was produced and narrated by Rain Wilson. If you recognize that name, it's because he played Dwight Schrute in The Office. (laughs) So he happens to be a Baha'i, and he made a great video that really just explained what Baha'is believe. And so that also made a great conversation piece, because he emphasized the Baha'i belief that um, that there's progressive revelation, that there is a series of prophets over time, that they accept Muhammad, they accept Jesus, they accept Buddha, they accept everyone. And so we had the opportunity to talk about that belief. And and whether or not that that would be logically consistent or if there's some contradictory teachings between those prophets, which of course as Christians we would say that's the case. So great video from that perspective. I also like to look for websites of local temples or centers for the religions that we're studying and we just click around as a family and talk about what we find. What is on the website? What are they promoting? What are they interested in? How do they present themselves to try to get people to come into their church or temple, whatever it is? And we actually found the most interesting video that was sort of a marketing video for the local Baha'i center and it was a perfect opportunity to talk about, hey, why would this be compelling to people who maybe haven't thought too much about? their religion uh, because if you look at the video it's all about we love unity we love peace we love social justice and those are things that everyone wants right now so if you're seeking if you're seeking some uh, notion of God or spirituality this is very attractive and this little marketing piece for the local Baha'i center became a really compelling discussion point for our family so like I said I'm going to go ahead and put links to all of those in the show notes for you to have some examples. And then that brings me to the third point. So in week one, we uh, talk about the basics. In week two, we look at it from or hear about it from someone else's perspective. And then in the third week, I like to try to have my kids actually try on this worldview. Not to say, hey, this is true, but hey, I want you to look at the world now from this other person's perspective. And it helps them to actually put themselves in someone's place. So when we talked about Hinduism, for example, we learned about the caste system and we learned about how Hindus often believe that the way that your life is turning out is sort of what you deserved based on what has happened in a past life. And so I encourage them to think from that perspective of how that would change how you treat other people, how it would change what you do in your life. How is that different than being a Christian? And I've had them write stories where they have to come up with a fictional narrative where they're actually writing from the perspective of someone who has that worldview. So with Buddhism, for example, my kids wrote a story where they had lost a family member and it was supposed to recount based on their understanding of the Buddhist worldview how that person was processing the loss of life. That sounds really complicated if you haven't studied other worldviews, but it's actually just a simple application. It's a couple of paragraphs that they were supposed to write that just showed me that they understood that someone who is a Buddhist might process that whole passage from life to death very differently than someone who is a Christian. So I kind of go from the objective facts in the first week we're studying to hearing about it from someone else in the second week to in the third week having them actually try to get inside that perspective from someone else's view. As a final note, and we can keep going here, but I want to keep this podcast to reasonable length. Just be mindful of your tone when you have these conversations. Depending on your kids' ages, they may or may not think some of this is kind of funny. If they're not familiar with these other world views and you start talking about how, you know, sometimes people believe that you're born and you live over and over again and you might come back as an animal in a next life, it can sound funny. But I would discourage you from making it something that everyone kind of laughs about. Yeah, imagine if grandma was a cow. Because when you do that, you trivialize someone else's entire worldview. And I like to emphasize to my kids that anything can sound crazy, and we should be respectful of the fact that people believe some very different things and that what we believe will sound crazy to them. And I like to remind them that Christianity, if you if you think about the basics, that we believe God became human and that he died and was raised to life, that he bodily came back from the dead in the resurrection, and that he then ascended into heaven and will come back at the end of time. That all sounds pretty crazy if that's not a worldview that you're very familiar with. So we should never judge what's true by how crazy it might sound to us. We live on a big rock that is jutting around the sun at a crazy speed and we don't feel a thing. That's crazy, but it's true. So I like to have them focus on just being respectful as we have these conversations, realizing that we can't decide on what's true because of how crazy it sounds to us and that we need to be able to objectively sit back, look at what worldview claims and then look at the evidence for it it's not about how crazy it sounds or how funny we think it is but what's the evidence that this is true that this accurately corresponds with reality I hope that this has been helpful to you. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. I really want to spend time in another episode talking about atheism as a worldview in particular. This ended up being more about other religions, but I'm including the study of a secular worldview and an atheistic worldview in particular in our lessons eventually toward the end of this year. And so I will do another episode on that in case you were wondering so that we can have more time to dig into that. But in the meantime, time. If you are on Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it so much if you'd take the time to just leave a quick rating and review. It helps a ton with people finding out about the podcast because it helps with the Apple algorithm. So if you could do that, if you've enjoyed this, I would appreciate that so much. Thank you guys for listening and I'll look forward to talking with you soon.